0: Now we have a completely never-before-on-this-planet toxified, radiated environment that our cells, our spirits, our auras, our energies, our health is actually trying to react, respond, and detoxify from. So there is absolutely no way that we can achieve proper nutrition in 2020 with food alone, and that breaks my heart. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. And that is the story of human progress. One inch at a time. I'm your host, Joe DiStefano, and you're listening to Stack. Hey guys, welcome to the AMA. Before we get started, I want you guys to head on over to getkeon. that's G-E-T-K-I-O-N.com slash stacked. You're going to find a whole bunch of my favorite products from Keon, like aminos and flex products that I use every single day to improve my body, my health, and my performance. But specifically, I want you to check out Nature's First Food. This is a premium product that promotes gut health, supports the immune system, enhances athletic recovery, even improves muscle building and tissue repair. I'm talking about Keon colostrum. This stuff is made from grass fed goat milk. And if you don't know what colostrum is and why I call it nature's first food, it's because when a baby is born, like my little baby that was born three months ago that I'm looking at right now, the first milk that a baby receives from mom is colostrum. And this stuff is loaded with immune boosting and body strengthening polypeptides and and compounds because that baby needs to get strong fast. That baby's immune system needs to be boosted immediately if it is going to survive. And that's what colostrum is, guys. So head on over to getkeon.com slash stacked and boost all of your health and performance needs with one product. Hey, guys, and welcome to AMA episode one. I am excited to be bringing you this show. Uh, this is my first AMA episode, and this starts the second episode of the week. It's funny, before I launched my podcast, I did an AMA on Instagram for a year. And it was kind of a tester for me. You know, it was, you know, does my audience like this sort of content for me? And what's it like as a creator to have this massive responsibility every single week? You know, no matter what the weather is, whatever's going on in your life, your other responsibilities and roles and jobs, what's it like to put out a high value piece of content every single week, no matter what? And, you know, it was, you know, it really kind of, you know, on Instagram, you know, my AMA, I took a couple of weeks off, I think, you know, through various, uh, you know, like the Runga immersion where, you know, I was hosting a bunch of people in Napa and, you know, there were certain weeks that I took off and it was obviously live. So it wasn't something I could pre-record and just air like a podcast. But anyways, where I'm going with this is before, you know, when you start a podcast, it is a commitment every Tuesday, no matter what, you have to put this out. And I feel it's funny. And now we're, you know, I almost said 100. We're, uh, you know, somewhere in the ballpark. This will probably be episode 60 or somewhere in that ballpark. Um, And now I'm feeling that same energy again, because here we go. I'm now about to launch my second episode of the week. Uh, and it, and it's very much now I'm committed to two shows a week. And so there's this like, you know, it's a little bit like what Sean T talked about on our show together, you know, this, these sort of baton, you know, these baton, um, exchanges, these transitions and these, you know, these increased responsibilities and, and also increased sort of, um, you know, ability to create good and, and free value in the world that can help empower people to live healthy, more empowered lives, which is really, you know, what I'm all about. And, you know, where I wanted to start this episode and this series of AMA shows is with a question that I got a ton early in my career. And I got a ton at the start of that AMA Instagram series that I did on Coach Jodi. I. And the question is food versus supplements this is the first question that i want to tackle on this show whole foods versus supplements where does that uh you know world where is that world right now and it's funny because i think in the early 2000s when i kind of started out i used to get this question a lot because the supplement industry was really just beginning and you know my podcast with Wade Lightheart which may or may not be out by the time this goes live I don't think it will be we dive into this pretty deep but basically the supplement industry uh, you know, and, and all of fitness really, you know, where the hell did we come up with three sets of ten? All of this stuff began really with Arnold and with bodybuilding. And then we started to figure out, you know, even the term health and fitness is kind of funny, right? Because if you've listened to this show quite a bit or follow me on social media, it's like these are competing objectives. I feel the same way about fruits and vegetables. Like I don't I don't necessarily uh condone these two things being kind of put together. Because especially in a modern world that I'm going to talk about in just a second, you know, no one should be confused uh, between broccoli and a banana, which one's better for you. You know, broccoli is low sugar and nutrient dense. A banana has some potassium and a ton of sugar. So, um, but anyways, in the early 2000s, when I kind of started my career, you know, most of the supplements, sure, like GNC had the, you know, the multivitamins, the Mega Man, the, you know, these types of things, probably some fish oil. Um, but predominantly, dietary supplements were like, you know, protein shakes, like whey protein, especially because, you know, the masses hadn't figure out, figured out that a lot of people have dairy problems at that time. Um creatine. Um, and so there was this legitimate question of like, do I really need that? Um, do I really need that? And I think that as time has gone on, the supplement industry has become, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's gotta be pushing a you know, $500 billion industry or, you know, I might be off the mark, but it's up there for sure. Who knows? Maybe it's a trillion dollar industry. I know fitness is a trillion dollar industry. Anyway, or it was before COVID. Um, anyway, um, so there was this period of time where, you know, in let's say 2000, before, you know, fish oil quality went through the roof, before resveratrol was in a, in a capsule, before um, PQQ, you know, no one really knew what that was. And, you know, so all these like pretty powerful supplements that we take today, No one was encapsulating turmeric uh, at the time. So one of the big pieces to consider is that, you know, when this question kind of began for me, the supplement industry was in its infancy. So I might have answered the question um, and pushed people more towards food. But now, I mean, to be honest, I don't think that there's any question about this. and I'm going to dive more into that in just a second. But that's one thing to consider is that like – The supplement industry has grown to a point that we can provide ourselves with incredible nutrients that uh, over the last 20 years, you know, have really, you know, the science, the brands, the marketing, the uh, availability, the sourcing, all of these things have improved. So um, that's an important thing to consider. The other thing that has um, really, really kind of exploded in the past 20 years uh, is our awareness to just how depleted our soils really are and the massive loss of vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients um, that, that exist in our plants today. I mean, over the last, like, I don't know, a couple of hundred years in particular, uh, we have been just, completely, completely stripping away nutrients because, you know, especially World War II and this massive need for quantity of food, we stopped rotating our crops as much or at all. Uh, We started to, to create, you know, higher water contents, higher sugar contents, more palatable foods. Uh, we increased over the last, you know, even in the last couple hundred years, we've been increasing the sweetness and decreasing the bitterness of fruits and vegetables, which is, you know, nowadays bitters, uh, bitter greens. These are the most nutrient dense things on the planet. So, you know, from more than one angle, we've been absolutely stripping away the nutrition whether it's the the um, the foods that were modifying the growing and and genetically now more recently um, uh, to actually become more palatable and then on the flip side our soils have become completely depleted uh, and then obviously in 1996 when Monsanto uh, you know that was after 50 years of soil decimation and and not rotating and all this stuff but then in 1996 Monsanto came in with that damn Super Bowl ad with the Guy, you know, uh, the garage door rolls up and he's got the backpack on with the roundup and he's got the sprayer and he goes out r- like a real man and starts spraying weeds and killing them. That ad, I still remember it. I think it was a Bills Cowboys Super Bowl um, ad. And it was just, you know, we were off to the races and that stuff has just created so much cancer. I mean, my dad died from non Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, which is basically the cancer that's caused by Roundup, and he used it a lot. So um, that stuff just destroyed our health, and absolutely whatever was hanging on in our soils and whatever, you know, um, our farming was doing right to that point, that product just absolutely destroyed our food systems. But uh, I've got a couple of fun facts here. You know, the wild plant purslane has six times more vitamin E And 14 times more omega-3 fatty acids than spinach. And 7 times more beta-carotene than carrots. But most of us today, you know, don't have anywhere close to access to these types of plants. uh, And that's where kind of supplementation comes in. There's a great book on this. It's called "Eating on the Wild Side" by Joe Robinson, and what she does is that book is chock full. If you um, remember my post about garlic and the fact that if you let garlic, if you chop up your garlic or mince it and you let it sit for fifteen or twenty minutes before you eat it, you actually increase its nutritional value by you know tenfold, something like this. There's a um, there's a, a a nutrient in there called allicin. Um, uh, and this allicin is essentially the the compound in garlic that's incredibly cardiovascular uh, cardiovascularly protective. That is anti-inflammatory. That's antimicrobial. That's antibacterial. Um, just incredible, incredible stuff. Um, and it actually increases because a lot of these plant compounds, these phytonutrients in particular, are the plant's defense mechanism. And so when you rip up your spinach, if that spinach is fresh and somewhat alive, if it was picked, you know, if it was picked in Chile two months ago, frozen and sent up here, probably not. But if you go to a really nice like farmer's market and you go buy your spinach or whatever and you rip it up into shreds and that stuff was picked, you know, rather recently, uh, there's still some living compounds inside that. Inside those leaves and when you rip them up it's the equivalent of like a you know an animal stepping on the on the plant in nature and what does the plant have to do when an animal steps on it it has to fix itself it has to repair itself it has to come back to life and that's what these phytonutrients do for these plants. Some of them uh, some of them actually um, are also designed to ensure that uh, animals don't eat humongous quantities of any single plant so some of these other um, compounds that we actually you know we refer to as either AMPK activators or uh, you know some kind of you know glutathione stimulating compound these are actually toxins that you know the dose makes the poison right Um, but what it's designed to do and you see this in cows there was a book; the name escapes me, but it talks about when, when cows are allowed to graze freely, they eat. You know, in a day they might eat twelve different types of grasses, and they know exactly. When the scientists look at the uh, these uh, phytonutrient um, and these plant toxins inside the um, inside the greens, they watch the cows, and they literally will eat this green, this grass, until this compound reaches this level. And then they move on. And then they do the same thing with the next grass. And there's a different toxic chemical inside that grass. Yet when you give when you force feed them from one type of grass, they actually get stomach problems, because they're consuming so much of this toxin. So this is an important piece. And one of the most important things to do and and where supplementation, I suppose can come in, but also it's just you know, just a good practice is to rotate your foods. Talk about this with Paul check on episode 50 and 51, I believe. Um, but this is why we want to rotate our foods and not just pile in, you know, a huge cup of spinach every single morning into our morning smoothie, because what we're doing is we're actually not diversifying those plant toxins and then you can actually get too much of them. So that's another kind of, uh, important tangent here. Um, The other thing I wanted to kind of touch on here as it relates to uh, nutrition from, from food versus supplements is just this idea that our needs today so the soils are depleted you know i i've talked about on the show too and i want to just kind of step back real quick so the amount of magnesium in the soils right has been almost zero since the 50s so you can imagine you know other nutrients just how low it's gotten so number one we have soils and plants that are depleted Number two, we've actually been genetically modifying more recently with, uh, you know, petri dishes and things. But even before that, we were doing things to to grow only certain types and breeds of different uh, apples and things. And so, on the flip side, we've actually created a scenario where we've created higher sugar, more palatable fruits and vegetables that are way higher in sugar and things, and way lower in nutrients. And we've actually developed. Uh, palates that can't tolerate a lot of bitterness and most nutrition is actually in the bitter fruits and vegetables. So that's two. The other thing to consider and why I think supplements today are hugely important and way more important than they even were when I started my career, which is mind-blowing, is that the environment that we've created on this planet through uh, electromagnetic fields and radiation uh, Wi-Fi 5g cell phones this technology and then obviously the environmental pollutions pollutants exhaust from cars planes uh, chemtrails you know all of these different things that have absolutely created a toxic environment the Uh, amount of radiation, and I'll link in the show notes to my podcast with both Arthur Menard and um, Daniel Debon about how the amount of radiation we're exposed to on this planet just since 2010 has increased by one with 15 zeros after it percent. I don't even know what the heck number that is. Arthur Menard says it out loud, but that's how much since 2010. Now think back to 2003, 2004, when we all had like nokia razors flip phones um and now today where we have you know 5g beaming down on us with our iPhones. so the amount of radiation since 2003 2004 is probably one with 30 zeros after it percent so in that context now we have soils that are not producing uh foods with very much nutrition we have uh altered farming that has actually created foods that, even if the soil was decent, there's actually less nutrition inside this apple or this orange. And now we have a completely never before on this planet, uh, you know, toxified, radiated environment that our cells, our spirits, our auras, our energies, our health is actually trying to react, respond, and detoxify from. So, there is absolutely no way that we can achieve proper nutrition in 2020 with food alone. And that breaks my heart. Now that doesn't mean that you can't supplement with natural compounds like turmeric and, you know, like a lot of these things. Um, but I just think that for the average person, it's going to be extremely difficult to, to tackle that. Now to kind of sum this up, um, eating whole foods is still extremely important. So I do not want people to think that, you know, because the soils are depleted and because, you know, our apples are, you know, have a lot more sugar in them and, you know, because supplements are so great, you know, that supplements could somehow replace, you know, a healthy nutrient dense plant rich diet. So important to realize that, you know, supplementing and eating whole foods together is maximally important. Now, there's a few things. Number one, as it relates to Whole Foods, I want you guys to Google. We'll link to it in the show notes. I don't use Google. I forget I said that. But um, use DuckDuckGo. Um, but head over to the show notes. I link to the Dirty Dozen. These foods are important to only positively eat organic. Uh, these are things like conventional strawberries. A conventional strawberry that's not organic is actually worse for you. Um, then, you know, oatmeal, you know, so in other words, oatmeal is like very, you know, nutrient poor, you know, there's some fiber and blah, 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 but there's not a lot of nutrition. It's basically just calories. Um, but when you look at a non-organic conventional strawberry, these things are so mass produced, so pesticide ridden. Uh, that they are absolutely positively no longer a health food. So uh, what we need to do is is focus on these dirty dozen, only buy them organic. Generally focus on a very nutrient-dense diet and supplement where you need to, where you can, how you can. Now, the one thing to really think about here, as it relates to what I said about 5G and radiation and pollution, and our need to detoxify, and how that's actually creating a scenario where we need more nutrition than the human has ever needed. And our food supply is providing less of it. And that's kind of why we need supplementation. The last thing to consider here is anything in Mother Nature, and human beings are an expression of Mother Nature, we are Mother Nature experiencing herself, right? We came out of this world. And when we think about the fact that, you know, our favorite hiking trails and national parks and, you know, what is the big thing that's all over these places? It's leave no trace, right? It's do no harm. That's the Hippocratic oath, right? Every doc has to say do no harm first. And as a strength and conditioning coach, when I started my career working with athletes, high schoolers that had scholarships on the line, you know, a lot of my kids were some of the best athletes in the area. And, you know, they were throwing fastballs and better than anyone else. And, you know, they had, uh, you know scholarships to to amazing schools. They just had to make it through, you know, a season or two more without getting hurt, and maybe their elbow was already starting to hurt them. That's where I came in, and so that really taught me this do no harm thing, and where I really separated myself from the fitness industry because I saw the fitness industry going in the direction of you know sweaty and sore at all costs. And when I looked at my work, I said, holy smokes, can you imagine if I made this kid do a million burpees and he hurt his elbow or shoulder and lost his college scholarship? So I learned how much weight a uh, health and fitness practitioner has to carry and how irresponsible it would be to program that way. Now, as it relates to your decisions on a daily basis and your nutrition We live in a world where our nutritional demands are higher than they've ever been in the history of humankind. And we live in a world where there are more toxins in our food, specially processed garbage food than ever. So in other words, the harm we can do, let's say for a second, we were taking a, um, a nutrition only, no supplementation approach. The modern world is going to make that a challenge. But if that person that's not supplementing at all decides to go eat you know, conventional pizza and ice cream and drink beer, then um, they're digging themselves into a hole that they will never, in my opinion, recover from without some form of supplementation. Maybe they're wearing sunblock outside or, you know, don't get outside enough. They're not grounding. They're not getting, you know, uh, their vitamin D and and all of this jazz, right? So there's a scenario where the less harm we inflict on ourselves perhaps the less supplementation we may need, even though I think we probably still need some. But sometimes there's the more damage we're doing on the weekend, the more we have to recover from it. And that's kind of the same old story, right? So keep that in mind as well. All right, moving on to the next question here. And the next question that I got with a lot of frequency are sort of the the top habits for optimal health and performance. So when we look at um, the top, you know, things that we need to do to live a long time or perform well, we can kind of think about these habits as, um, you know, I guess like a business that looks at its financials. We've got things that are fixed and things that are variable, right? So we've got like, you know, uh, how much does it cost to keep the, you know, the lights on? And then, you know, how much, you know, does it cost for these more incremental expenses? And so when we think about habits and and what's going to make us live a long time or perform our best, um, you know, there's things that we need to do every single day to keep the lights on, as they say. And then there are others that maybe we don't need to do every day. Uh, maybe we can't afford to do them all the time. But uh, it's not about, you know, how many days a week should you do super intense exercise or lift super he- heavy weights. It's about, you know, what are the fixed habits? What are the things that you need to do, whether you're a top athlete or, a you know, a 60-year-old retiree, um, to live a long, healthy life where you're performing absolutely the best your body is capable of? And those things, I think, are the following. Uh, number one is nasal breathing. I cannot understate the importance of nasal breathing. Um, It is probably the most powerful way to improve your health besides avoiding harm. You know, I think Dan John says, you know, don't smoke, wear a seatbelt and, you know, swing kettlebells or something like that. And so when we think about doing harm is actually the most harmful thing we could do to our health. So if you don't do harm, if you don't, you know, if you wear a seatbelt, don't smoke, don't kill yourself, etc. Uh, nasal breathing could be the most powerful way to improve your health. Consider the fact that the sinus cavity uh, consumes, it's like a fist in your head. You know, it's probably half the size of your brain that Mother Nature allocated in your head to detoxify, to warm, to prepare the air you breathe uh, for respiration, right? So the nasal cavity actually pressurizes the air and our oxygen uptake through nasal breathing is about 20% higher than breathing through your mouth. Uh, the nasal cavity, the sinus cavity, also produces nitric oxide. This is a absolutely vital gas for cardiovascular health and sexual health, because it is a vasodilator. It it dilates our vessels. And every time you exhale through your nose, it pools in the sinus cavity. And if you take that next breath through your mouth, you don't actually circulate that nitric oxide. And over time, not not surprisingly. Your sexual health can decline. Your cardiovascular health can decline, which is exactly what we see in, you know, middle-aged, stressed-out executives, especially males. The other thing I wanted to talk about with nasal breathing is this idea that, um, you know, because I said uh, on one of my answers on the AMA, you know, we have to breathe through our uh, nose because otherwise you're just basically throwing all the toxins in the air around you into circulation or into your lungs, into your system. And someone says like, you know, well, why doesn't it, doesn't it kind of do that anyway? You know, and you know, okay, so your nose detoxifies, you know, so there's a question about what actually happens here. And the answer to that question, it's a great, it's an absolutely great question. Um, so when you think about, let's say for a second that there is a germ uh, in your space, right? You're not social distancing and you're not wearing a mask. Uh, <laughs> let's say there's a germ in your space. Here's the funny thing, actually, and I'm not going to get into masks. That's not on this one. But, you know, the fact of the matter is it's funny because with the smoke and the fires uh, in California right now, there was a question um, I was reading about cloth masks. And they say that, you know, cloth masks are not effective for smoke. But the funny thing is, is that the coronavirus is actually even smaller than smoke. So I think smoke is like 0.3 microns and coronavirus is 0.1. So if the health authorities can say that, you know, toxins and smoke are not shielded by a cloth mask, then they actually indirectly just said that they do nothing for coronavirus. But let's pretend here uh, that that all um, actually works and that there's any science to to that recommendation. There's not. But um, moving on, um, the funny thing about masks is they actually over time, people tend to mouth breathe more because your oxygen levels decrease actually after, you know, if you're wearing an N95, uh, you know, your oxygen levels over time will actually decrease below OSHA standard. And there's clear documentation of this on YouTube. They just put the, you know, the uh, meter inside the mask and over time that quality drops. So if you're not taking the mask off, you know, every 20 or 30 minutes, you're actually decreasing your uh, oxygen levels. And you can see this with an SPO2 monitor. You're also, yeah, anyways, you're creating a, a toxic environment. And you know, don't you know, I won't go into much more, but um the important thing here is after some time in a mask, you're you're actually creating a situ- situation where your body's going to start mouth breathing because it needs lots of oxygen, right? And it's stressed because it needs oxygen. So masks are absolutely going to have a deleterious effect on our health. Um no doubt. But now back to this question. Um, If there's a toxin around us, let's say we've been wearing a mask for two hours. uh, We're actually now breathing a larger percentage of our breaths with our mouth. Coronavirus and other viruses are small enough to make it right through an N95 mask. And if you're wearing a, you know, a a doubled over old t-shirt cloth mask, like it's, it's, you know, not doing anything. But um, if you uh, were to breathe that in through your mouth and your mouth breathing because you're in a mask, that is going to go straight into your lungs. That virus is going to go straight into your lungs. Now, if you were nose breathing and your mouth was closed, what happens? Well, that pathogen, that germ goes into your nose and all the uh, hairs and, and the sinus cavity uh, filters it out of the air that goes into the lungs. And what it does is instead it digests that germ. Your stomach is extremely acidic. It is amazing at killing things. And so when your nasal cavity actually detoxifies your system, those germs and negative harmful uh, chemicals and whatever go into digestion and are more easily eliminated from the body rather than going to your lungs and causing a real problem or ending up in your lymphatic system or something like this. So this is the single most important to to breathe through your nose. In fact, you know, as it relates to the modern, you know, modern agenda that I already talked about, I strongly believe that uh, somebody nasal breathing is going to be a thousand times healthier than someone that's mouth-breathing behind a mask. All right, the next habit here um, is 20 minutes of sun exposure and earthing. Uh, Our near complete disconnection from nature is at the core of almost everything I talk about. For millennia, we have lived in an intimate relationship with Mother Nature. Uh, We spent the vast majority of our time outside. We were hunting. We were scavenging our food. We slept on the ground. We led lives that were free of chronic stress that were emotionally rich and extremely physically active. Now, this humongous mismatch with today's existence where we spend the majority of each day on the couch or in a chair uh, eating calorically dense foods. caloric, you know, the, the amount of nutrition relative to calories in modern food, like I already talked about is, is a humongous mismatch. Uh, we're underneath fluorescent lights or getting our sunlight through a window, which by the way, filters all the beneficial rays and lets the harmful ultraviolet rays right through. So, uh, that's actually very bad for our health. Uh, we're sleeping on the 20th story of our building far from the earth. We're just so far from our roots. And today, you know, as it relates to things like vitamin D, you know, nearly 70% of Americans and 80% of Europeans are deficient in vitamin D. This nutrient hormone uh, is primarily derived from the sun or it has been, and this kind of brings us back to supplementation. Um, It optimizes nearly every single physiological system within us. In fact, vitamin D deficiency is associated with all-cause mortality. It's also associated with increases in cardiovascular incidences, mood disorders, sexual health problems, Uh, and additionally, uh, spending additional time in contact with the earth. Actually, and this sounds a little tinfoil hat perhaps, but the truth is spending contact time with the planet in bare feet in nature. And you know, it's funny, I don't make the mistake I made when I moved to Europe Uh, six months ago, I was... I found this place to earth and the sunlight was always shining right there and you know I always would do my meditations and mantras and stuff there and then I ended up walking one day kind of all around and I realized that there was a parking garage below (laughs) where I was earthing and so obviously I found a, a new spot because I wasn't exactly picking up on that Schumann resonance from the planet but earthing can have a profound impact on our physiology in fact. When we look at our bodies as uh, electrical systems and us being electrical beings, uh, I mean, you can look at any EKG for proof. That's our our heart is, you know, uh, an electrical conductor. But we have to be grounded. You know, when you plug something in, if you're in the U.S., you know, there's the there's the you know the, the positive, negative, and the ground. That's that's that little that circular piece of the plug for for devices that draw a lot of current. My friend Eric Remensberger, that put stage four uh, prostate cancer into full remission, his biggest thing, you can check it out at questtocurecancer.com. One of his biggest ways to avoid cancer is to get sun and jump in the ocean every single day. That was the biggest thing he told me was, you know, you live in California, jump in the ocean every single day. That's the absolute best way to ground. And if you can't do that, hug a tree. And if you can't do that, walk barefoot on the planet. There's absolutely no other lower cost intervention that we can do to radically improve our health than earthing and spending time in the sun. So 20 minutes of the day, this is habit two. Habit one, nasal breathing. Number two, sun and earth. Number three is bedroom blackout. Um, Light is this massively powerful evolutionary signal. Uh, In fact, remember that the sun used to be the only source of light apart from fire and uh, our daytime hormones are basically dictated by the light that we are exposed to. And very quickly, these hormones indicate our stress levels or, you know, how hungry we are, or if it's dinner, or if it's breakfast. In fact, when I started traveling a lot, and specifically to places like Singapore and Australia, um, I started to use eating as my anti-jet lag solution. Uh, and what I mean by that is I started doing a 24 to 30 hour fast, depending on how long it took me. It took me about 30 hours to get to Australia, 17 to get to Singapore. Um, and what I would do is a 24 hour fast during that flight. And then when I got there, I would have a humongous breakfast at 8 AM local time. And even if I had to go to bed hungry, Uh, take a bunch of melatonin to get sleep, whatever it was, I would just make sure that my first meal was a big solid breakfast and that I got good sunlight at 8am. And it was incredible. It was better than any supplement, any biohacking trick tool that I ever used. So anyways, blacking out our bedroom, the more intense the light and you know, the LEDs that are super common nowadays in they just emit extremely intense and harmful blue light, and you've heard me talk about blue blocks—the shades that I wear at night um, to block some of this. But you know, I highly recommend getting rid of as many of those 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 LCD LED, excuse me, I think said LCD uh, LED lights, um, and turning your TV off at night. Um, this light can actually be more powerful than sunlight to our physiology and completely inhibit are nighttime hormones like melatonin, which should rise as the sun goes down. And they, in fact, when when that melatonin is, is suppressed and doesn't rise, our stress and hunger hormones actually stay high. The result is restlessness, crummy sleep that leaves us waking up feeling tired and in need of stimulants or sugar to get moving. So blackout curtains are one of the absolute best investments we can make Uh, to make sure that we are actually getting restorative, restful sleep, which again is maximally important. And you can see these quote, keep the lights on biohacks that I'm giving you so far, they are very close to free. Uh, You know, this is the type of free medicine that I'm talking about. So don't get distracted by all the sexy, you know, saunas and, and infrared solutions and, uh, shit you can put on your head and, you know, all these different biohacking devices. If you're not doing these five, keep the lights on, uh, habits every single day because you are, as Dr. Aris says, uh, arranging deck chairs on the Titanic. Alrighty. Uh, the next one, um, is walking. 10,000 steps. And if you follow me, you know I'm big on this. So for now, we've got nasal breathing. We've got 20 minutes of sun exposure and earthing and bare feet. We've got blacking out our bedroom. And now we've got walking 10,000 steps. And, you know, humans are engineered to lead very active, mentally stimulating lives with lots of low level physical movement and scavenging. Uh, and the combination of movement with mental focus is key to understanding how the brain has evolved to perceive energy expenditure. In other words, through evolution, we often needed to quote, invest our calories in an effort to scavenge our next meal or provide for our family. Uh, and and now, you know, so so excuse me, the so the brain from that sort of relationship where The hunter is investing their last meal in order to provide the next meal for their families. So our brain is extremely vigilant as to whether or not the current investment of energy is worth the cost and has evolved to hang on to energy reserves, store fat, and avoid burning unnecessary calories. So let's consider the fact that the most intense physical demands um, in the lives of our ancestors were hunting large prey, battling neighboring tribes for lands or our freedoms, but both were only kind of sporadic with very strong upsides for the brain. So let's consider the way our brain evolved, uh, where the most physical demands in our entire lives uh, for millennia were hunting large prey and occasionally battling our neighboring tribes for lands or freedoms, but both were sporadic and both had very strong upsides that the brain could clearly see as it invested its resources and you know was an active participant in contrast to today where most exercise happening in gyms is i believe likely to perceived as a be perceived as a negative stressor it's like a war with yourself and an expenditure without any merit so this results in the brain not willingly participating in the activity and often releasing more fat storage hormones than, uh, than positive, you know, fitness producing ones. Does that sound familiar? The best form of exercise is lots of low level physical activity, ideally outdoors. And we see this in the blue zones in the areas on the planet where there are the most people living to over a hundred years old, they spend their days not stressing, not under fluorescent lights, not sitting in a chair, but gardening, walking, tending to their flock, tending to their grapes, you know, if they make wine in Sardinia. Um, But for most of us living sedentary lives, uh, 10,000 steps a day with as many as possible being upstairs, uphill, while carrying something awkward, while keeping your focus on the destination or the purpose of the activity will do more for your health than any gym membership and so when I used to run a lot which I don't do anymore because it's just not good for my stack since my head injury and my neck problems but um, so I don't do long distance running anymore especially on the road Um, I do do occasional trail running but anyways um, hiking uh, is really my thing now. But anyways, back when I used to run marathons and long distances, I would always, always, always make my runs out and back because when you get out, now you've basically decided how long your run is and the whole way back. So the whole time you're running, you have a destination in mind. You're running to uh, you know, the CVS over there where you're going to buy a quick bottle of water and then you're going to run back because you have a you know your family needs you or you have an important meeting or you have to meet this person at a certain time at a certain location so anyways i would always add purpose to my long runs and so if i had to run 20 miles it was like okay well i'm running to get water and then i'm running home to eat dinner you know and so you add some purpose to your runs and all of a sudden it 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 works a lot better and you can do the exact same thing so when you're walking if you're going for a walk Have a destination in mind. Have a purpose in mind. Um, Tell yourself you're doing something so your brain becomes an active participant. That is the next level of the 10,000-step rule. Um, All right, moving on. Number five, more free medicine. Daily fasts of 12 to 16 hours, so 12 to 16 hours without caloric intake, uh, or a weekly 24-hour fast. Because getting back to our ancestors, you know, periods of scarcity used to be a part of our daily existence, and they were an integral part of our evolutionary makeup. Fasting is included in some way, shape, or form within nearly every major religion on the planet for a reason. Mild, long-term caloric restriction, which often goes hand-in-hand with fasting, is the only proven method to extend lifespan apart from not smoking or killing yourself. Like I already talked about the reason fasting and caloric restriction works is that they keep your blood glucose stable and low on the flip side, chronically elevated or fluctuating blood glucose levels resulting from eating too often or eating too many calories shuts down a person's innate ability to access fat stores for energy their bodies will instead preferentially uh, seek outside sources of energy and blood glucose to conserve fat stores, presumably for an emergency like food scarcity. So if we're constantly feeding ourselves, we're constantly consuming our bodies like, holy smokes, this is great. Put all this on our hips because at some point it's going to run out. When you expose yourself to that period of scarcity on occasion, your body says, oh, this is what we've been training for. Let's get rid of that fat on our butt let's get rid of that fat on our belly so hopefully um, by now you're connecting the dots our lifestyles today uh, are basically uh, bottling up energy never letting it out and meanwhile our electrical system that keeps us alive never gets a chance to ground or reconnect with its source so the result our health is this chaotic state of absolutely no fat burning and chronic metabolic reactivity. It's no wonder we're so sick. And again, I'll just tie up the most important thing here when you kind of head into your day is how can you do no harm? Mother nature, just like those signs on the, you know, the trail side when you're walking through a, a you know, a, a nature reserve or a national park, do no harm is more important than helping out mother nature. Don't light the forest on fire and it'll be just fine right don't throw your wrapper on the ground you know if you have a you know if you camp clean up leave no trace leaving no trace is more important than helping out mother nature and our physiology is exactly the same almost everybody out there chasing some kind of health or performance uh, is doing so without an appreciation for the harm they may be doing. We want to run faster, but we never take a day off. We want to lose weight, but we never skip a meal. We want to be happier, but we never give our brain a rest. We never you know, allow it the space to feel into our emotions. So this is the key. Do no harm and follow these tips, and you will absolutely keep the lights on for a long time. All right, guys. Well, hey, uh, I'm going to wrap this up. I hope you found value in today's Solo AMA podcast and in these two questions that I chose to answer. Stay tuned. Uh, follow me on Instagram if you don't already. It's at Coach Joe Di, all one word, um, all lowercase. I don't know if that matters on Instagram, but that's where I'm at. And I'll be announcing how I am uh, accepting questions for this very, very soon. And specifically, I want you guys to be on the lookout for my announcement of what I'm calling the tribe. The tribe is an online community beneath the Runga brand that is going to absolutely change the game for you guys. It is the absolute single most uh, important thing that I think I've ever done as it's connecting people with purpose professionals and everyday people uh, with information, resources, and community that we all need right now to be our best selves. So stay on the lookout for the tribe, follow Runga Life, follow Coach Jodi, and get ready because we are now launching this AMA every week. Tuesday will be my interview, occasionally a solo episode, and I believe this is going to go live on Fridays. Uh, unless we change our minds, but now we are in the realm of two episodes a week. So buckle up. Thank you so much for your subscriptions, shares, ratings, and reviews on whatever platforms you're finding these shows on and stay tuned. We've got an amazing show coming at you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's show. For the show notes for today's episode, head on over to coachjoDI.com and click podcast from the menu. If you'd like to leave a review, which I would absolutely appreciate on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you found this show, please do so. These mean the world to me. They help me understand what my audience is gaining from these shows that I'm pouring my heart into and ultimately helps us to reach more people because these platforms like shows that get reviews. So it helps us out so much. If you're digging the shows, this would be so great if you could just leave a review. Also, I still give away $150 every two weeks to kettlebellkings.com to somebody that reviews my show. So if you leave a review, just screenshot it and email it to hey at coachjodi.com and my team will enter you to win this $150 gift card so that you can outfit your home with a couple of kettlebells on me. Also, when you're in the show notes, you'll find links to any products that we discussed. For full transparency, some of these links do contain affiliate links. This helps me to fund these episodes, pay my staff and ensure that I'm taking care of the people that take care of us. So I absolutely appreciate you clicking links and using codes. It helps keep this train on the tracks. All right, guys, until next week, thank you as always for listening. I really appreciate you guys subscribing and listening to this show every week. I really put a lot into them. So thank you so much. And you'll hear from me again next week. Take care.